0: Good morning Church, we are so excited to see you on this Sunday. My name is Brittany, I'm the host ministry lead for uh, events. Come on, my name is Jenna and I'm on the leadership team here at Slate. Awesome. Brittany, how do we know each other? Let's tell the lovely people how we know each other. Yeah, so we actually met at church uh, back when we did patio parties when we were allowed to do that. So we'd talk after church, get to know each other. Bumping shoulders. Yeah, and then we got plugged into the same connect group. Yes, connect groups. Say hi in the
1: chat. Introduce yourselves, fill out a Connect Card, also get in a Connect Group. We, uh, we've we been in our Connect Group for what, maybe two years now? Yeah. Maybe that's I might, generous. Yeah. No, I think. But connect Groups are amazing. And Connect yeah. Groups and teams, like everyone is doing stuff here to make this happen. So get connected. The Connect Card is the best way to just meet another face and see other people. But yeah.
0: Well, speaking of Connect Group, this past okay connect group we were talking about MSN who remembers MSN Hotmail yes well Hotmail was part of MSN okay she's a little young I am a little (laughs) young I
1: just aged myself
0: okay so and we were talking about our original usernames Jenna, what was your MSN username I had one that was like polar bear 101 and I don't understand because yes I love
1: polar bears and we want to save them and all that but I don't like love polar bears (laughs) so I don't know why that was my first choice but mine was polar bear 101 what about you Blondie chick loves blue at hotmail.com. Blondie Chick Loves Blue. Yeah. Is that still accurate? You're still blonde. Do you love blue? Yeah, it wouldn't be my favorite
0: color anymore. <laughs> okay.
1: I feel like yeah. that's that classic transition of when you switch from something crazy to like my name at my name.com. Yes. Yeah. If, if you want has- to reach me,
0: mail at BrittanyLester.com. That is such a professional, like, it's a flex. It's a flex So actually, now. I owned that domain when I had my MSN, and I was like, no, Dad, I'm not. My Dad bought our names in, like, 2000. <laughs> You're so like, I, was like, I want Blondie Chickens." Yeah. Blue. and I was like, he's like, use this. Like, this is, like, a really cool thing. Your friends will love this. And I'm like, no, Dad. Dad, I need an MSN. I need something cool. That is not cool. And now here you are with mail at bradynlester.com. Yeah. If you want to
1: get connected, you could also email her, but <laughs> I would
0: recommend I would recommend the the connect yes. card. Yes. Oh. Uh. So, if you have a fun uh, original email yes. address throw or it in the chat. MSN, can you throw it in the chat? Because I want to see some of these. I do too.
1: I think we were chatting about them in connect group, and they were just funny. We yes. were we were genuinely wheezing. <laughs>
0: it was a lot, but it was good. It was yes. good. Yeah. Speaking of throwbacks. Yeah. Have you seen uh, A Week Away on Netflix? I have not. Oh, you haven't. Okay, break it down. It's like um, '90s Christian music in a musical at camp, and it's like a Hallmark movie equivalent. It's so cheesy. Uh, No,
2: (laughs) but you enjoyed it? it. It had
0: me thinking about all these like songs I was listening to in the '90s. Yes. Um, what are some favorites? I am a classic
1: for like think. Cornerstone. Cornerstone is one of my that favorites. That was one of my favorites, yeah. I feel like it just... That's
0: like a favorite of all time. Indescribable. Chris yes. Tomlin. Yep. Yes, that is good too. The Stand. Yeah. Stand is a classic yes. as well. Yep. I'm trying to think of others. Oh,
1: there's some good ones. We were also chatting yeah. uh, about Christian movies, because there are some good ones. I remember Faith Like Potatoes, <laughs> and I loved the movie Faith Like Potatoes. Yeah. But it was controversi- or controversial because people thought it was done really well or was not done very well. But I loved it. I'm here for a good Christian movie. I I'm, don't know. I'm personally here for The Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales, yeah, yes. Yeah, that was my jam. Yes. Adventures in Odyssey. Do you yeah. remember that as well? Oh, I would
0: rent that from my church library Le- every week. Church library.
1: Yeah. We are unlocking some memories here. I
0: love it. Honestly, yeah. the studio just had a good reaction to yep. uh, Adventures in Odyssey. So yeah. that's a good sign. What about that's just generic? I've been watching with my roommate, Madison. We've been watching some throwbacks on Disney+. Plus. Okay. What would your favorite Mary-Kate and Ashley movie be? <laughs> that's a random one. I love it. Specific. I like the one where they go to Rome. I don't know what it's called. When in when Rome. In Rome. <laughs> I do know what it's called, I guess. What about you? Uh, I like uh, It Takes Two. That's from when they're younger. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Nope. those are good. Those yeah. are classics. Or Holiday in the
0: Sun. I remember that one as well.
1: Yeah. Okay, we need to, I did recently purchase a four pack of the Mary Kay Nashi ones. Comes with four of them off of Amazon for $4.99. So you huh. know what, just good, innocent Friday Swipe night. up for the link.
0: Swipe, swipe, swipe <laughs> up for the link to Mary Kay no. <laughs> I
1: love it, I love it. But as we get ready for church here, yes. I'm trying to think my favorite things like doing some stretches before worship, like make a coffee. Make a coffee. I love drinking my coffee watching church online yeah I love it stand up from your couch I think for myself it's so easy just to be comfy and like eating breakfast and like texting your friends and just like being on the couch but literally put everything down stand up like you would at a watch party or at church and just lean in because yes. it's easy to become complacent in this season of just sitting at home but stand up close your eyes press
0: in lean in but yeah yeah, yeah. well we can't wait to see you in the service see you then
3: Slate family. I just want to welcome you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, for those of you who it's your first time tuning in with us, we just ask that you fill out a connect card. The link's going to pop up in the chat, and we'd love to connect with you. But Listen, for now, set aside your scrambled eggs, your bacon, your grits with gravy, but the right type of gravy. And let's hop into some worship. Let's put our hands together.
4: Days of this life, you were always on my side. You were in the pain, you were in the promise. And on the days the furnace finds my faith, you're the fourth within the flames. I don't need to know what the future says. Cause if the past could talk, it would tell me this. My God isn't finished yet. If he did it before, he can do it again. So I trust him with what comes next. For the God I know is known faithfulness. And my hindsight says I can trust him what's next but the God I know He's known for faithfulness There's more ahead than what's behind me To see the highs and lows and in between Can't you go ahead of me And when you come before we can do it again. So I trust Him with what comes next. For the God I know is known for faithfulness. And my heart says I can trust Him with what's next. My God isn't finished yet If He did it before He can do it again So I trust Him with what comes next For the hindsight said I can count on this My God I can trust it with what's
2: that we get to praise Him. I love that we get to pray to Him. I I love this time together. And you know, I love when we go through our prayer and praise cards because I think it's so important as these requests come in that we recognize that we are not in this alone, that you are not in this alone, that you have a family, a church family around you that loves you and wants to thank God with you and wants to pray alongside you. So listen, today we are thanking someone, uh, someone's thanking God that they secured a house, that they have a place to live. Someone's thankful that their sister has been recovering miraculously from COVID-19 after being hospitalized. Someone's thankful that they got into the University of Waterloo after they had a lot of doubts that they were going to make it in there. Someone's thankful that after a year following God, they have seen great personal change. You know, there is so much to be thankful for. These are just a few of those praise reports that have come in over this past week, and we are thanking God for that. You know what? There's also people that are asking God of something, that are praying for something here today. We want to we pray with you praying for someone's marriage that's really struggling after their husband has left the house for a few days. We're just praying that God would work in that, bring restoration. Praying for someone's mom as she's navigating health and debt and, and some issues there. We're praying for salvation and health for someone's aunt and uncle. We're praying for someone who's experiencing a, a addiction and anxieties. We're praying that God would just work in that You know, we're praying for someone's friend who's recently diagnosed with lymphoma. There's just just so many needs here, and these are just a few of them. So listen today, if you have a need of your own, why don't you just reach your hand out to the screen wherever you are, and we're gonna pray for you right now. Jesus, we lift up all of these needs, Lord. We pray that you would work in them. We pray you would work through them. We pray for health, for finances, for restoration of marriages, God. When we ask you to send revival, Lord, we ask you to send it now. We ask for it in all parts of our lives, not just our church, not just uh, in our spiritual, but in every avenue, in every part. We need revival. We need you, Lord. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, you would come and we would see that. We pray that in your name, amen, amen. Let's keep worshiping together, church. On church let's think this out in one verse in one voice son
3: on go now the move of your
4: spirit heaven embrace
2: Every single week about what it looks like to be generous, what it looks like to give, what it looks like to be committed financially to your local church here at Slate Church. And today is no different because this is an important part of our Christian walk. You know, in 2 Corinthians 9, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth and he's basically saying, hey, you know what? God loves a cheerful giver, so make a decision in your heart what you want to give. Commit to it. Decide. Be responsible for it and give it. And give it gladly. Give it cheerfully. And I want to encourage you in the same way today. I want to encourage you. Think about it. Decide in your heart what that looks like and give cheerfully as you do that. There's a lot of different ways that we can give today. They're on the screen. Check it out online. Text to tithe. You can set up automatic monthly giving. There's opportunity for that. There's lots there. So check that out. And I'm going to pray over our giving today. Jesus, I thank you so much that we get to give, that we get to be a part of your house, that we get to be a part of your kingdom and contribute to that financially. So today, God, we are doing so cheerfully and we know that you love that. So we just pray you bless it in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, a lot happening here, Slate Church. A lot going on as usual. Today, right after the service. Well, it depends what service you're watching, okay? It depends when you're watching. If you're watching at 9, you got a couple hours. If you're watching at 10.30, it's right after. We have socials from 12 to 1 today. Make sure you check that out. A a link's going to be popping up in the chat. You can find out more information at slatechurch.com slash next steps. Basically, if you're new to Slate Church, if you want to get involved here, if you just want to meet some people, ask some questions, whatever that looks like, here is a chance to do it. Brandon and myself are going to be there. Some other leaders are going to be there. Get a chance to have some one-on-one time with some leaders as well. So make sure you are registering. You're checking it out. You're signing up for it because we would love to have you there and a part of that. So that is today. Next week, We have a fantastic time coming up with a guest speaker, okay? And listen, this person is really important to Brandon and I. We're so thankful for him. We're so thankful for his wife, Pastor Jonathan Lambert uh, from Experience Church out in Calgary. He will be speaking next week. So you're going to want to make sure that you tune in for that, that you're listening in and, and tell other people about it. Make sure you're sharing on all of our social media accounts. Make sure you're grabbing images from that, popping them onto yours, letting people know about that because you're not going to want to miss that week. Right following that, we are headed into a series called Full Send. And if you don't know what that means, you can look it up. You can Google it. I had to ask some people uh, what that meant because I I'm a mom and I just I just deal with kids all day, okay? So I, I had to figure that out. But Full Send is our series. It's a three-week series. It's coming up in June. You're going to want to tune in for all of that as well. So lots going on. Make sure you're marking your calendars for all of these things. Follow us on social media to follow along and be informed But some good stuff happening here at Slate Church. You know, right now we are going to go over to the interview. So don't go anywhere, lean in. I think you're gonna be encouraged today. So I'm gonna pass it over there. Hey Slay
5: Church, we have got another interview here for you today. Really excited for this one. We are here with Mide and uh, listen, we're taking the interview back into the studio, but in a bit of a different way. We've got worship team just getting ready for the service here tonight that we're gonna record. And Mide is actually on worship tonight and you've probably already seen him in the service, but we're catching him before he jumps in to sing, just to hear a little bit about what God has done in his life and his story. And so, I mean, we're just getting to know each other a little yeah, bit recently, mm-hmm. and you were saying before this that you um, grew up in church, mm-hmm. but hadn't really, like, made your faith your own until yeah. the last couple of years. Like, what does that look like for you?
6: Yeah. Um, so, like I said, like you said, growing up in church my whole life, went to Sunday school. Um, either when I helped with slides, sometimes I played drums for the worship team. Oh, nice. all that. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much me growing up, up through high school. Yeah. And, like, I would go to church every Sunday, like, super consistent, all that stuff. Yeah. But... I feel like I was very stagnant. Like, I feel like I wasn't regressing necessarily, but uh-huh. I wasn't growing. I was just kind of, like, staying where I was. Yeah. And it wasn't until uh, last, no, fall 2019 where I really, like, took my faith seriously. Um, not ironically, but coincide, it coincided with uh, me coming to Slate. Sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Just a totally different vibe than any other church I've been and you, to. And you
5: were in, like, university? Like yeah, I was university. Year, like, uh, year, like,
6: Just finishing my first year. Okay. First university. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I come out to Slate vibe, really liked it, yeah. but like I was new, I didn't really know people who were here, so I would come like come some week, I kind of remember when we first started coming out. Yeah, I was like, yeah. ah. I would kind of like come in, slip out the back, I was like, oh, I don't really know people, and the, oh, people don't talk to me, bye, sorry, yeah. I don't know you like that. <laughs> um, but it was actually my mom, who at one point told me, you should join a connect group, and I was like, wait, you want me to go to church on more than Sunday? What? Yeah. What's going on with that? So um, I messaged, I think it was Silas, because it was Silas oh, cool. and Paul's connect group at the time, uh-huh. um, so I messaged, uh, went out to couple of meetings that fall and thought it was pretty cool um, but it was Nate Lambert who really like, got me like yeah committed to yeah. Slate um, sent me a message like before the fall term I start my second year um, and then from there like I don't I pretty much came to church every Sunday after that so
5: so you're now coming to like church on a regular basis mm-hmm. what does that look like on a personal level with you in your relationship with God like what's changing there that is like making this matter to you suddenly
6: just realizing everything he's done in my life um, like there's no way I should I could be where I am without him like all the things my family has gone through or like in my personal life yeah um just acknowledging he's responsible for everything everything that I have everything I'm going to have yeah um so like making him the lord of my giving all my Mm. giving everything over to him and it's like trying to like grow my relationship with him more seriously like and take that more seriously like I would do my devotion was like okay it's like a checking off uh something on a a list but now it's like I actually do with the purpose like oh what am I gonna get out of this I'll pray before I do my devotional try to like gain something for everything i read or everything i do with yeah. my connect group like i'm talking with people like, trying to get their perspective on their faith how i can grow um yeah. get tips from them and it's like serving i think that's the biggest way i've uh been able to grow my faith just being on host team um yeah um, starting connect group and now joining worship that's team sweet, man. um just be able to like serve in god's kingdom in any way that i can so you you're talking about this idea when you were just
5: talking there you mentioned this idea of like jesus actually being the lord of your life mm-hmm. what is that like what does that look like for you
6: yeah um just like accepting everything that he did on the cross. Like God died for me. I'm nothing special. Yeah. Like I'm not worth it. None of us are worthy, but he chose to die for me, like making him my personal Lord and savior. And just trying to like um, show the love that he showed to me, to like everyone else, like in any way that I can, whether and just growing that relationship with him. Like I think before I would just do things like, again, like check things off a list, but now it's like, oh, I actually want to get to know God. I want to get to know God. So right. I want to be like him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like, doing my best to yeah, be like, that's what it means to be a Christian. Be Christ-like.
5: Yeah. No, and that, that's really cool because you're talking about, like, this personal revelation that you got of God's love for you, and mm-hmm. that's affected the way that you've now interacted with yeah. people and, like, lived that out in your life. So, okay, we were just saying this, like, before this, how hard it is to talk about some of this <laughs> stuff sometimes and put it into words, but, mm-hmm. like, somebody that's watching this that is going through the motions because it is hard to talk about it. it's hard to get like a, a real understanding of what some of this means and some people yeah. i think are just watching this going through the motions of like reading their bible and showing up to church and doing all the things their parents told them to do mm-hmm. or that they think they know to be right or that guilt is causing them to do yeah. like if somebody's watching from that perspective maybe even from where you were like three years ago right like what would be your encouragement to them based on what god's done in your life like what do you say to that hmm. <laughs> big question <Yes>. <laughs>
6: <Dude>. <laughs> um god loves you yeah. Like he has a purpose for your life and obviously do those things but i don't know like find like a mentor or someone in your life that you trust and like just try to like talk to them about it but also just keep keep putting in the work like yeah. at some point it will click at some point you will understand what god has done for you what he's continuing mm. to do in your life all the way he's trying to make you like him huh. and yeah just keep, keep that's going that's good man
5: i think putting in the work is a big thing because i think like the hardest things in life to grasp are like you got to work for that stuff and i think with faith a lot of times people are like either it comes or it doesn't come and it's like no sometimes you just gotta keep like knocking on that door and then Mm -hmm. eventually it'll open up but that's good okay so right now like as we're closing in the last like couple of seconds here like what's god
6: teaching you today that you're excited about um definitely about patience uh in this uh pandemic we are in um (laughs) there are a lot of things that i've had to wait for um in-person school being to like see friends again things of that nature so i think Definitely patience is high up there, something you teach me right now. Yeah, I'm
5: with you on that one,
6: man. (laughs) Well, dude, thanks for sharing a little bit
5: of your story and your me. life and what God has done. It's been exciting to hear. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more over really? time. I know you're leading the Connected with CJ, and so we yeah, have got a call okay. set up for next week, which will be cool to chat more. But um, hey, how great was that? Can we just thank Me Day wherever we are, whether we're at home or whatever's going on? Put your hands together. And listen, we uh, are going to continue with our service here. So I think I'm passing it over to MC Spot to tee up the message or something like that. Whatever's coming next, excited to be here today, excited for service, and uh, we'll see you next week for the interview.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Pastor Jared and Mide. What a great interview. You know, we're headed over to The Message right now. I think it's going to be great. Pull out a notebook, pull out your phone, take some notes on this one. I think you're really going to want to. And I'm excited to pass it over to Pastor Nate Lambert right now. Uh, Take it away, Nate. It's on you. Awesome. Thank
7: you so much, Pastor
2: Emma. Well,
7: hey, as Pastor Emma said, my name's Nate. And alongside my wife, Emily, we're on the leadership team here at Slate Church. And before I go anywhere else, I just want to take a minute and say a huge thank you to Pastor Brandon and Emma. Seriously, like, you guys are the best. And just, I'm so thankful for the vision that you have for our church, your faithfulness in sticking to what God has called you guys to, for your leadership, for your friendship, for everything you've poured into Emily and I. And just for everybody else listening to this, you have amazing pastors. Like, seriously, these guys are the best. I have this whole story that I was going to tell. I don't know if I have time, but... What it comes down to is a little while ago, I was like 21, and I was sitting in this conference, and I was listening to this Australian speaker, and he was like, uh, It wasn't even Brian Houston, but I was listening to this Australian speaker, and he was like talking, and he said this thing that really messed me up. He's like, If you really want to learn from a leader, stay under their leadership for at least 10 years. And when you're 21, 10 years is about all you can remember. So when you think about 10 years, it's basically eternity. That's pretty much the rest of your life. And I was like, what the heck? That's crazy. Brandon and Emma are great. I'll probably be around for another three years or something like that with them. This is wild. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment and was like, hey, you got to be under these leaders for at least 15 years. And I was like, what the heck? And I don't know. So Pastor Brandon and Emma, uh, you guys are stuck with me for at least eight more years. Uh, But it has been seven years so far. And I can just say to you guys, church, like through the ups and downs, through the different seasons of life that I've been in, like submitting to the leadership of these pastors has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. So you guys are so lucky. This is a great place to plant yourself. And I just want to encourage you. Let's celebrate our pastors. Let's thank them. Let's throw some claps in the chat. Shoot them a text to encourage them if you need to. uh, But we have the best pastors. All right. We are in our saved series right now. Uh, we're going through this scripture in Ephesians like 2, 8 to 10. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We've been breaking down this scripture. We've been diving into salvation, faith, grace, and this week I get to talk to you guys about works. Some of you might be looking at me like, works? I thought, like, the whole point was that we're not saved by works. Like, isn't the whole thing that, like, it's all about grace? Like, hey, I thought works wasn't exactly on the table. Why is it getting its own week? But but I want to keep reading to verse 10. It goes on. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Come on, the whole purpose of our lives, when we, when we have relationship with Christ, when we have relationship with him, when, we, when we've accepted this free gift of salvation, it says that God prepared in advance works for us to do. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He has work that he wants you to accomplish. He has things he wants you to do. He has a calling on your life. See, we aren't saved by works, but we are saved for works. As Tim Keller puts it, we are saved by faith alone, but not faith that is alone. Grace and works are not enemies. Grace is opposed to merit, as Pastor Emma talked about last week. Grace and trying to earn our salvation are completely incompatible. But grace and works, they actually fit together really, really well. They actually have this beautiful relationship. It kind of reminds me of the relationship between milk and cereal. They're like a perfect pairing. They're great. My preference, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, toss your favorite cereal in the chat or comment on the YouTube video if you're tuning in uh, on demand, whatever your favorite cereal is. But milk, cereal, they're a great combo. But if you pour the milk in first, and then you put the cereal in, you're a psychopath. Everybody knows this. That's wrong. It's probably against God. It's not allowed. It's just not right. And in the same way, grace and works are made for each other. They have a beautiful relationship, but we have to get the order right. Grace has to be what empowers our works. It has to be our starting point that actually feeds into the life that Jesus wants us to live. See, see here's the thing. The grace we have been shown is not simply eternity assurance. It's not just punching our ticket to heaven. Through God's grace, Jesus took on our sin and shame, defeating death. He reunited heaven and earth, allowing us to have a relationship with God, allowing us to have the Holy Spirit, God living inside of us and empowering us to become more like Jesus in our words and in our actions and to live out the life that he called us to. So what do these works look like? Well, Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. A disciple is simply a follower or like apprentice of Jesus. So this means that we are meant to become more like Jesus in our words and actions and lead others into that same relationship. But there's a lot of different components and depth to these works. Jesus talks about it as life and life more abundant. That sounds nice. He teaches on the idea of the upside down kingdom, the last being made first. He talks about, uh, uh, you know, that whenever we help the poor, we're actually helping him and that we're showing our love to him. We hear about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I said one of them twice with two different words. It's okay. In the book of Ephesians that we've been teaching out of, Paul goes on to address a bunch of these things. He talks about unity among Christians, being humble and loving each other. He talks about getting a firm understanding of the teaching of the Bible and who God is, and so we are influenced by bad teaching, and he talks about giving up on the world's futile thinking and obsession with indulgence, and he warns against sexual immorality and greed and inappropriate jokes, and he teaches unhealthy marriages and staying sober and worshiping God and sharing the good news of Jesus and all this different stuff, and that's in one of the smallest books in the Bible. It's a little overwhelming. That's why we're not gonna stay here today. We're not gonna stay here focusing on what the works of a Jesus follower are, because frankly, it's a lot. And it's overwhelming. And it can just start to feel like we're adding and adding and adding and adding to our already complicated lives. You know, I think a lot of us are starting to understand this idea of salvation. We're starting to understand that we've been saved by grace. And through no power or work of our own, we now have a relationship with Jesus. We understand salvation, but at the same time, we we struggle to reconcile that with the weight and pressure we feel trying to follow Jesus and live the life that he's calling us to. Like like we're supposed to love others and serve people and volunteer at church and and feed the hungry and stop looking at pornography and raise our kids well and do a good job at work and give back to our city and be generous with our finances and on top of all that, we're supposed to be joyful about it? There's probably some parents here saying, I've had a hard enough time keeping my head above water, just trying to like do my job online at home and also take care of my kids who are stuck at home. There's some young adults who are saying, I'm just struggling trying to figure out what my career is going to look like as I head into the workforce in the middle of a weird economic time and a pandemic. There's so many of us who are feeling so overwhelmed and overwhelmed and feel like our lives are already so complicated. We're carrying the weight of our education, our families, our politics, our economic, social justice issues, global uh, socioeconomic struggles and challenges in the world, the pandemic, our growing our careers, taking care of our families, all these different things. And now we have to add all these expectations on our lives as Christians. What's this all about? I thought you said that your yoke was easy and your burden was light, Jesus. thought you said it was supposed to be restful. I thought this was supposed to look like abundant life. I think a lot of us, we have this massive gap between our understanding of salvation and our expectations of life with Jesus. We know we've been saved, but if we're being completely honest, it doesn't always feel like it. This gap is what I want to focus on today. This void between being saved and actually living a saved life. This struggle and tension where we feel like our life with Jesus is supposed to be light and easy. And we also feel like we're supposed to do all these different things. And we're feeling like we're, like we're failing at both. We're sh- more stressed out than ever. And we feel like we aren't even accomplishing everything we're being called to. And I think a lot of this comes from trying to close this gap with our world strategies. You know, I think a lot of us take on our world's culture of hustling harder. Hashtag girl boss. We're like, all right, I'm just going to work harder. I'm just going to do more. I'm just going to add more to my calendar. Whatever a Christian life I think that's supposed to mean, whatever I think it looks like, depending on my community and my context, uh, you know, I'm just going to serve more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to add more to my calendar. I'm just going to try harder and harder and harder and harder until we inevitably burn out, get frustrated at God, get frustrated at church because we just kept trying to add him to our life and adopting the hustle culture of our world. Or perhaps, on the other side, we've adopted this narrative that our world has that if it feels good, it is good. And out of this place, we start to twist and bend the scriptures and commands of Jesus to fit what we feel is right and wrong based on our own preferences And we end up molding the scriptures to our lives rather than our lives to God's plan. And we give up entirely on this process of becoming more like Jesus. Dallas Willard, this author, describes the state of many Christians saying, We vainly struggle against the evils of this world, waiting to die and go to heaven. Some bleak stuff. That's some dark stuff. But it doesn't have to be this way. There is a hope. Come on, this gap, this space between where we are today, the reality of our lives, our understanding in our head of being saved and living a saved life, it's not insurmountable. It's not a vain struggle. We don't just need to cross our fingers, hope we look a little more like Jesus and wait till we go to heaven. There actually is hope for life and life more abundant here on earth right now. See, Jesus' promise of abundant life is not empty. He wasn't lying when he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The focus of the rest of this talk today is going to be on just like the first step. There's a lot of steps to this. There's a whole process of becoming more like Jesus that's going to take our whole lives. But today, I just want to focus for a lot of us on the often neglected first step in becoming more like Jesus. The first step in closing the gap between being saved and living a saved life. And to do so, I want to go back to the passage in Matthew where Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for you, your souls. Not you might find rest for your souls, not maybe you'll find rest for your souls, not if you change your job, you'll get rest, but you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One thing I love about Jesus and his teaching and the Bible in general is how counterintuitive it is to our human brain sometimes. There's this whole idea in Jesus' teaching of the upside down kingdom, of him just Flipping the social orders and structures and expectations totally on their head. The first will be last. The meek will be made strong. The last will be first. The meek will be made strong. There's this whole idea in his teaching. And it's true in his answer to how we actually begin to live out the work of our salvation. See, the answer to living out the work of salvation, the plans and purposes of God in our lives, is rest. I love it. It's so Jesus. The answer to work is rest. Of course it is. It's Jesus. That's just how he is. To understand this a bit better, I think it's helpful to just pause for a second and, and actually explain what a yoke is. When Jesus is talking about that my yoke is easy. What the heck does that mean? A yoke is actually like a tool that connects two oxen. So like in old school farming, they're like pulling like some piece of machinery, and these two oxes would have this like piece of like wood, I think, or something that would connect them together so that they could share in the load of what they're pulling. And why this is important is because Jesus is saying that his yoke is easy. And the reason is he's the one doing all the pulling. It's like being the third person trying to move a couch. Like the couch is big enough that it looks like there should be three people helping and you feel bad if you're not. But you know that you're not really carrying any of that weight. You're mostly just guiding the ship. You're just kind of there for moral support. And in a similar way, so much of the process of us carrying out the work of our salvation, of us carrying on the burdens of life, because the burdens of life don't go away with Jesus. He just strengthens us to move through them. So much of carrying this out and living it out is actually just Jesus carrying the weight and us coming along for the ride. Our lives are complicated and challenging. The way of Jesus is simple. No striving. No weight of expectation. Just love him. Just love him. Remain in him. Cultivate a relationship with him. We just get to relax and stick close to Jesus. And in doing so, we surrender ourselves to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit who is inside of us and shaping us like a potter molding a piece of clay into something beautiful. I think though sometimes we get caught up in thinking of these ideas of resting and remaining and just staying with Jesus as something that is uh, uh, abstract or, or unapplicable to our everyday lives. We think oh, this is just like a heart posture or like an attitude we're supposed to take on. And it is. It totally is an attitude and a heart posture. But it's more than that as well, so much more than that. It's kind of like if I were to tell you I love my wife Emily with my whole heart and soul. If I were to tell you that, but I didn't remember that her birthday was February 16th. If I didn't know that our anniversary was October 28th if I forgot that her favorite flowers were lilacs, tulips, and roses, if I didn't spend time with her, if I didn't hang out with her, if I didn't like have date nights with her and go to dinner and have conversations and listen to her, and if I was on a shoulder to cry on, if I didn't show love and affection, you'd call, probably call bull on that whole, like, whole heart and soul love thing. Like, I think you'd be, that, that's pretty sus. You wouldn't be uh, thinking that that was super legit. I don't know what I just said. I'm worried now. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't, like, inappropriate or anything. Uh, it's suspect. It's suspicious. I don't know. Anyways, you, you wouldn't believe me if I told you that I loved her with my whole heart and soul, but I didn't do anything to show it, right? Yeah. In the same way, we don't, we, resting and remaining, finding our identity, building a relationship, loving Jesus takes concrete, real action within our lives. Yeah. In the same way, our love... And surrender to Jesus has practical actions associated with it. The first of which is quality time. See, there's a lot of different ways we can submit to Jesus. We can show our love to him. We can, we can actually build a relationship with him. It's things like giving financially to church. It's things like that's like surrendering our finances. It's serving. It's doing all this different stuff. But before we even get there, that's almost too advanced for us. Before we even get there, we just got to rest. Yeah. We just got to rest. See, the best way to ensure that our works are in his power is to stop working entirely and rest in him before we do anything else. Jesus is the perfect model of this. This guy had a slow pace. He started his ministry at 30 years old. If he wanted to maximize his time, he could have started a lot sooner. And he goes to start his ministry. And and the first thing he does, he goes, he gets baptized. It says the Holy Spirit's power comes down upon him. Because Jesus even modeled the need for relying on the Holy Spirit in his ministry. And the first thing he does, he doesn't go preach. He doesn't convert, convert a thousand people. He doesn't go feed the poor. No, he fasts and he prays. He goes to a quiet and lonely place. And he spends 40 days away from everything else. Just with his father. It's actually so intense that Jesus says the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. He spent so much time just getting away and being with God that everything he said in his ministry came from the father. It says in Luke that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, I think for us, we got to learn how to rest. We live in a chaotic world. We live in a stressful time. There's a lot going on. And so I want to give us three quick practical applications for resting in Jesus. The first, we got to create space. Slow down. I learned this week for the first time that you actually can turn your phone off. Like, I guess objectively, I knew if you asked me if you can turn your phone off, I would have said yes. But I just like never thought of actually doing it. Like, I turned it to grayscale. I would put it on do not disturb. I put time limits on apps. I would do all this different stuff to try and use my phone less. And I realized this week, you can just turn it off. The whole dang thing. It just turns right off. It's great. <laughs> Slow down. Remove distractions. Look at your calendar. Make sure you actually have time to follow Jesus and build a relationship with him in there. Create the space in your life. Next, rest, reflect, and request. What do we actually do when we're with Jesus? When we have this time set aside, we rest. Just breathe. Relax. Just slow down for a sec. Anxiety's going to attack in that moment right there, that one. That moment of rest, anxiety is going to jump in. Worry's going to jump in. Fear is going to jump in. All the little things on your to-do list that you need to do are going to jump in, especially if you're not used to disconnecting turning off the podcast, even the worship music, turning off every kind of distraction and just being alone and quiet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be rough, but it's worth it. Reflect. Maybe read a scripture, something you understand about that, that teaches you about God's character or who Jesus is. Just take some time. Think about it. Contemplate it. Let it roll over in your brain and move from your brain down to your heart and become deeply rooted and planted and request. Begin to bring your feelings, emotions, baggage, needs, wants, desires, hopes. Bring it all before God and lay them down before him. And finally, adjust your expectations. God's not TikTok. He's not here to give you a dopamine hit. He's not here to to fulfill your constant desire for an entertaining experience. He's not something you can consume. This isn't a transaction. It's a relationship. It might not feel like, pow, wow, boom, light, show, ah. It's probably not going to feel like that right away. Yeah. might just feel like you're hanging out with an old friend. Or, better yet, it might feel like you're hanging out with a po- totally perfect stranger if you've never done this before. Right. Could be a little awkward. Could be a little uncomfortable. Let's have the expectation that it might not be what we think it's going to be or what we want it to be right away. Yeah. Timothy Keller says this. He says, prayer must be persevering. I urge you, wrote Paul to the Christians at Rome, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Prayer is striving. This means sticking with prayer through the ups and downs of our feelings. He he has this quote that he puts in from a guy named Peter Forsythe that says, do not say I cannot pray, I am not in the spirit. Pray till you're in the spirit. (laughs) I love it. And the cool thing is, we, can, we need to adjust our expectations for our feelings in the short term of prayer, but we can expand our expectations for the long term. Because when we look back in a year of consistently spending quiet time with God, the results are going to be greater than what anything we could a- ever imagine. Yeah. You know, as I was prepping this message, there's this idea that popped into my head of just like a simple faith, like an old school kind of faith. And I thought about some people that I would call saints. And you've probably heard the word saints. I don't know what your definition is. I think like the Catholic Church is like a really specific definition of it. I don't really know. Where I grew up, it was just an older person who really loved Jesus. Somebody who's a lot older than you and loved Jesus a lot. That's why I call Pastor Ben Saint Yancey. Just an older person who loves Jesus a ton. He's going to kill me. Uh, That's a saint. And I was just reflecting as I was prepping this message on some of the old saints that I knew growing up. Some of the men and women with like this faith in Jesus that just like, it was just like they glowed. They just had this joy and this love oozing out of them. It was a beautiful thing. I was thinking specifically about one woman. Her name was Margie Blair. And Margie Blair was a legend. She was funny. I remember one time I was on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. We're staying at a resort, so that it, there's maybe some problems with uh, the efficacy of this trip. I, we, we can talk about that's a whole other conversation. But we're out by the pool, and uh, really just doing the Lord's work. And uh, we're out by the pool, and it's me and another 11-year-old boy and a couple of younger girls. We're all like, I'm like 11. We're like super young, and it's Margie Blair with us. And we're out by the pool, and there's a couple of women who had decided to go uh, topless sunbathing. They decided to, to, to just soak in all the sun. And Anthony, my buddy, and I, we're just like we kind of like giggling, but we're also really ashamed, and our faces are going red, and we're looking down, and we're getting super uncomfortable. We're 11-year-old boys. And I love it. Margie just looks at us, and she just says, you know, boys, sometimes a lady likes to let the eggs out of the carton. And it was perfect. It's all that needed to be said. With that, the situation was disfused. We moved on. She said, you don't got to look. Just don't worry about it. We're going to move on. It's OK. You can stop your giggles. But Margie was a funny lady and she was a faithful lady. You know, she was, uh, even when my brother was a kid, who's actually gonna be preaching here next week, which is kind of cool. But uh, even when my brother was a kid, he's 16 years older than me. She was running the bus ministry at our church. She was making sure that little kids got to church uh, uh, from rough neighborhoods and were able to come out and meet Jesus. She was somebody who consistently was praying for others and supporting others and encouraging others. But what I never knew is how rough her life had been. You know, Margie said it herself, before she met Jesus, she was a bitter woman. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Margie, you're like one of the funniest, nicest, most faithful people I ever met. How are you a bitter woman? But, uh, but I came to find out, uh, even just through some conversations this week that her husband was an alcoholic, even after she found Jesus. She had one of her kids killed by a drunk driver at like 21. Another one of her kids died from cancer when she wasn't even that old. She had so much loss and so much hurt in her life, yet she still held on to this steadfast joy in Jesus. I was talking to my mom about this, and uh, I was talking about Margie. I was like, yeah, like, what made her so special? Like, Like, what was so special about Margie, mom? And my mom said this, I thought it was so beautiful. She said, she put in the time on her knees. She put in the time on her knees. She got before God. She got back to the prayer closet. She got down with Jesus and she prayed for her husband and she prayed for her kids and she prayed for her church and she prayed for herself and she prayed that she would have a deeper relationship with Jesus and she spent time with him. Come on church, what would it look like if more of us put in the time on our knees? What would it look like if some of us started spending an hour a day just hanging out with Jesus? And some of us, maybe for us 10 to 15 minutes is a big enough challenge. What would it look like if we put the distractions away, we got our Bibles out, and we just started getting back to the basics of faith? When life feels overwhelming, when the world feels like it's crashing in, when the pressure and weight of everything around you feels like it's unbearable, what would it look like if we began to embrace an old school faith of the saints, we got back on our knees, and we just spent some time with Jesus? Come on, if you're here today and you've never accepted this free gift of salvation, if you want this life of rest in Christ, somebody else to shoulder the burdens of the life that you're living, I just want to invite you to make that decision right now. So that's you here today. You want to make a decision to follow Jesus. In the book of Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So right now, today, I just want you to make that decision. You can put your hand up wherever you are. You can click raise a hand in the chat. And I just want a chance to pray with you us pray. God, I just thank you for everybody making this decision today. For those who are choosing life and life to the fullest, those who are choosy, choosing a, a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light, this beautiful, everlasting, joy-filled life with you, Lord. I just pray right now that they would just seek this like, deep relationship with you, Lord God. I pray right now that this will not just be a momentary decision, but that they would just be welcomed into you, a relationship with you, with open arms. They would know that you love them, you care for them, you're calling to them, and you just want to be with them and spend time with them, Lord Jesus. I pray this in your name. Amen. And if you're here today, you're like, man, I need, to, I need to put in some time on my knees. I need to get rid of some of the distractions because I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I just want to invite you today to rest, to relax. Even in this moment, I encourage you to do it this week. Set aside time. But even in this moment, I'm about to pray. I just want to encourage you to rest in Jesus. God, I just thank you for everybody here today who is seeking rest and relationship with you. I thank you that you love us, you cherish us. Jesus, we're like little brothers and sisters to you, sons and daughters of God the Father. And I just thank you so much for the immense love that you have for us, that you died and rose again and made a way for us. And I just pray right now in this moment that we would just rest in you. We would release our anxiety, release our fear, and just accept the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit that you're offering to us. Pray that we would take this into our weeks Into the rest of our lives, in your name, amen. Amen.
2: put our hands together for Pastor Nate. Man, that message, I want to encourage you, go back this week, listen to it again. This is something you're going to want to be reminded of. There are some great things in there. And honestly, I'm just walking away going, man, God is so good. And I just want to, I want to spend more time with him after even hearing that message today. So check that out. Listen, socials is today at So check it out. Make sure you're following the link that's popping up in the chat right now. If you want to hear more about Slate Church or know anything more about it, we would love to have you part of that today at 12 p.m. Can't wait for next week. Can't wait for everything that's coming up here at Slate Church. So go have a great week ahead of you, and we will see you then.
4: Thank you you. we we'll